Hi, and welcome to Rematched, a match cut episode where we talk about a movie and its remake. My name is Aaron. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Matt. Hello. Hi. Uh, If you've got a remake that you want us to look at, you can either email us at matchcutpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at matchcut. So today we're covering a movie so nice they made it twice. It's Total Recall. Uh, so, what was your I experience with? I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so you're having some sort of total recall. Hmm. Total re- absolute recollection. Oh, that's. It's like not the... just a recall. It's a total recall. Remember that shitty oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger God, thing I, I when do. when he ran the state of California. <laughs> And he ran it averagely. Yeah. It's like, okay. Wasn't the worst. Wasn't the best. Left some not... situations better than he found them. Didn't help on others. It's not the worst celebrity we've put in a leadership position. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I was thinking more recent, but, you know, it all works. Well, at the very least, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> wasn't... And isn't senile. That's true. Um, so what was your experience with either of these movies before we watched them for the podcast? So uh, I actually saw the Total Recall remake in theaters. Um, oh, okay. And I remember in liking it at the time, but mm-hmm. I was I think I was an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've said it before on this podcast, like, you know, every day is a new experience. Like you're bringing in all that baggage into a movie watch. So, you know, maybe you liked it at one point and that's no, that's no knock against you. I think maybe I enjoyed it more because I was seeing it with my friend, Matt. Mm -hmm. So uh, Matt and I saw a lot of movies together and it was enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, but I do that's remember also, the, yeah. uh, but the, the original, I, I, I saw, I think on the sci-fi channel, uh, back in the day yeah, they would, when they would play, you know, actual sci-fi and not just whatever <laughs> reality show they're making now. Right. They've or had, a, just, they've had some good, uh, some good original TV shows that they cancel. <laughs> yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta get what you get there, but, um, so I, I had not seen the remake like at all. I just knew it existed and was like, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> um, I, you know, but uh, the remake I saw or sorry, the original I saw for the first time, probably in 2015, I want to say 2016. Uh, I kind of like, uh... <laughs> I had picked up like, you know, you pick up like, you know, see you at the potty, Rick, there and, you know, stuff like through cultural osmosis. But I'd never like sat down and watched it all the way through. Yeah. Um, but I, I sat down to like for really like my first start to finish viewing. Yeah, probably in 2016 ish. Wow. <laughs> I was around the same time I watched the first Terminator for the first time as well. I'm just like, I should catch Ooh. up on some Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> and and we co-host a podcast together about movies. We've always said we're not professional movie critics. I mean, and I, you know, I, I choose to believe that there are other people like me who have just like, 
you know, kind of got their fill on, on cultural references and like, I don't really need to see it. And then, you know, we'll catch I, up I, with I, it I later. I suppose I am an outlier. <laughs> it's like every, every time we watch the podcast or that we, wow. we record another episode, it's like, so Matt, what was your experience with this? Well, I saw it in theaters a dozen times and I've memorized every other scene. Yeah. And then Aaron is like, uh, I just watched this an hour ago. <laughs> this this viewing though i think we both had pretty similar schedules where i watched the remake on one day watched the original on another day and then had a day to sit on the opinions before we like sat down here to record and i think like i gotta work toward doing that more often because the day before viewing is is not the best i think the day but, uh, before viewing works best for myself so mm-hmm but that's yeah. the that's why we have different opinions on things. Yeah, Sl- I mean slamming them both together in like one day, the day before is is not the that best. Would, but yeah, that would be brutal, especially with a remake. Yeah, but I, like I watched the original yesterday, so it was technically the day before. Anyways, we talk about some Total Recalls. Um, Total Recall is the story of Douglas Quaid, your average blue collar worker with a nice apartment and a loving wife. However, Quaid still feels something is missing. After hearing about this place called Recall, Quaid decides they're just the solution to dig him out of his rut. Recall implants false memories, two weeks worth in just one session. And these false memories could be of a, of a vacation you never took or a life you never led. However, once Quaid starts mucking around in his head, he unlocks something that wasn't supposed to be there. Maybe Quaid isn't as average as he thought. Uh, one note before you get into the one last part of it is, uh, this is based on a Philip K. Dick story called We Will mm. Remember It For You Wholesale. Uh, yes. similar premise, but I don't think it's a spy thriller. Yeah, I, I haven't read that Philip K. Dick, but I do want to, I do want to see, cause we'll talk about the endings of both of these movies and, and massive spoilers ahead if you haven't seen total recall or total recall 2012 don't see total recall 2012 (laughs) at least sit down and watch the original if you haven't before we talk about it and uh of course because we're a podcast built ostensibly around imdb ratings uh it's worth mentioning that the 2012 total recall is rated a 6.3 and the 1990 total recall is rated a 7.5 underrated (laughs) uh so you want to give us the uh the the deets about these two films total recall 2012 is written by kurt wimmer who also wrote equilibrium a fine film and ultraviolet a not fine film uh (laughs) as well as mark bomback uh dawn of the planet of the apes and war of the planet of the apes uh directed by lynn weissman famous for being married to kate beckinsale for a while as well as directing her in the underworld series and producer on the tv show lucifer which is a fine tv show uh, sure 2012 is. remake stars colin stars colin farrell kate beckinsale jessica biel and brian cranston weirdly enough uh the 1999 total recall the year i was born is written by Ronald Shusett, uh, writer of Alien and Dead and Buried, Dan O'Brien, co-writer of Alien and also The Return of the Living Dead, and Gary Goldman, writer of Big Trouble in Little Chinatown and Next. Directed by Paul Verhoeven, who directed Robocop, Basic Instinct, Starship Troopers. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rachel Chikron. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Ticketin is, uh, I looked up an interview. Rachel Ticketin, Sharon Stone, Ronnie Cox and Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah. 
1990. You said 1999, but whatever. I wasn't born in 1999. <laughs> I was born in 1990. <laughs> um, I was I was just one year before you. Part of the reason I haven't seen this movie, like when it came out or anything. Um, gosh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh yeah, small sidebar on how IMDb like organizes writing credits. Uh-huh. Um, Ronald Shusett and Shusett and Dan O'Bannon. Um, wrote the original Alien, but then IMDb gives them credits for every single Alien movie that came afterwards because it's their characters from the original Alien, and that's like super frustrating oh. when, when you're trying to figure out what they wrote and didn't. That's probably so. one of those important like Hollywood things in terms of royalties and rights. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they should be acknowledged for their work, of course. I, I'm not disputing that. Scott but... keeps trampling on. <laughs> But, you know, from a from a quick look, like what what else did they write point of view? It's like every single alien movie, every single like cartoon, short story, video game, you know, anyway. Novella, so, pamphlet, yeah. <laughs> uh, brochure, <laughs> book jacket, magazine yeah. cover piece, lunchbox, uh, warning inflatable. label, <laughs> child's toy face hugger plush um they do make those don't they or at least people on etsy make them oh yeah for sure i've seen i've seen some knit face huggers um so before we dive fully into talking about these two movies and we are going to do a bit of a shorter episode before we recollect on these films (laughs) right before before we totally recall these films 100 percent perfectly from memory because we don't make mistakes uh, it's going to be a shorter episode. We're not going to talk about them individually. And I think we should also cover what kind of what our expectations are from a remake as we kind of embark on this this episode about remakes. Like, what what do you want to see from a remake? I think it needs to bring something, a different perspective to the table that is enjoyable while maybe homaging because it. it I was thinking, like, to get into the discussion a little bit, the first half of the Total Recall 2012, I'm thinking, this was just another movie that Kurt Wimmer wrote and they adapted into a Total Recall film. Because mm-hmm. there's themes that are going on there that they don't follow through with that are stronger in the beginning and they just forget about halfway through. And it's like, yeah, they, they rewrote this from another script of his that was probably like an ultraviolet sequel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely in a remake, I'm looking for something that's like, I want a a good idea, something fresh that like wouldn't work outside of that specific setting. Because I don't like I think making a remake, you know, as some remakes are made, seems like just for the money, like that's that doesn't lend itself to an enjoyable product. Like I want something that's like. I have this new fresh idea. It doesn't work anywhere but this established setting. So I want to make a remake, you know, but there, there, there is so much they change in the, the 2012 remake that it's like, why not just let this be its own film? Right. And so, yeah, that's, that's (laughs) not what I want from a remake. Um, Can you think of any good remakes that you've enjoyed before we talk? I did have this question as well. And I looked up like a short list and I won't just like read it off on the podcast, but um, I think top, top of my personal list, oceans 11, 
you know. Oh, yeah, that would be. I think the, so kind of to that point, the remakes that work best are ones that the film that was originally there wasn't amazing. You know, Mm -hmm. the original Ocean's Eleven was just a Rat Pack movie. It was just Frank Sinatra and all his buddies getting together and making a movie. It was probably moderately successful at the time, but not something that everyone's going to be like, that's the hot new property that we got to keep keep making on. (laughs) We got to keep that copyright rolling. Yeah. You want you want a remake of something like, hey, this had good ideas, but maybe it was poorly executed or, you know, they stunt casted the Rat Pack who are not actors <laughs> and, you know, Don't tell that to Frank Sinatra and all the films he was in. <laughs> maybe their first calling isn't it being an actor. You know, I, I, I don't think there's been a remake of a successful movie that then went on to be better because there's this huge inertia of nostalgia, but um, why don't we start addressing these movies directly? Uh, 1990 total recall. Fantastic film. Um, uh, so fun. And just like uh, you, you mentioned to me, like when you were watching it, Paul Verhoeven's like stylized violence is there's just something about it. It's so mm-hmm. like the, the word I'm going to use is juicy. <laughs> appropriate like, like i'm thinking of that scene where uh quaid is using the guy as a human shield on the escalator and he's getting hit like 50 times and there's just squibs going off he flips yeah. him around and more shots go off into this guy <laughs> and it's yeah, just like a... it's just that over over the top violence that is just so visceral um mm-hmm and and enjoyable to a to like an aesthetic level in in my opinion i don't know i might be fucked up yeah like i get that you know ultra violence isn't for everyone that's you know a given but it's not something that turns me off of a movie immediately and i think in this like when it's so overdone it becomes like its own element and like its own personality and it's something i i like seeing like total recall wouldn't be the same without it starship troopers wouldn't be the same without it a quick tarantino movie isn't the same without it mm -hmm. and i think also in total recall the violence is also like it can target anyone you know like no one's really safe from it like oh yeah it's it's um, like Sharon Sharon Stone spoiler dies halfway through this movie and you know with a headshot. this was like <laughs> yeah this was her come up you know this I think kind of the start of her career unless I'm sadly mistaken uh, but she was decently famous during yeah and then and then like does then basic instinct with Verhoeven again and I think that's like where she just like took off you know but I'm not a great Hollywood historian, so. So wait, you're not a Hollywood historian? You've lied to me all this time. <laughs> I know. I've I've actually seen every movie ever made. Uh, yeah, she was a she was a TV actress for the most part, it seems. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. she started doing Total Recall is kind of her first movie. Movie, so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Also, something I really enjoyed in the original is that, um, and we're going to start talking about plot, but um, Quaid's a bit of an asshole, or sorry, Hauser's a bit of an asshole. Oh, um, Hauser is a 
big old asshole. <laughs> like, uh, if you listen to this movie without, wa- if you listen to the podcast without watching the movies, first of all, why? Please watch it. But uh, the thing that unlocks in Quaid's brain is is his actual past, which was suppressed. He's a secret agent named Hauser, and Hauser's working on like a a quadruple cross of himself. <laughs> like to infiltrate this rebel group on Mars and like he's an asshole and he's a bad guy. And it's, you know, there's, there's some debate in the movie. It's like, Oh, are you your memories or are you your actions? You know, are you your past or are you your future? What is, what is man? But past Hauser is, is a dick bag. And that's not the case in the remake. Like it more comes from, you know, Brian Cranston's Cohagen who tells him like, no, 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 you were working on a double cross. We don't see that like video evidence that we do in the I think original. The biggest misstep of many missteps that the remake does is having another actor play Hauser and then saying that they just they cosmetic surgery to him to look like a a different person. Mm-hmm. That Ethan Hawke plays apparently Hauser and Colin Farrell plays Douglas Quaid. So to me, that's just like, why, why have you separated out those as two distinct characters? It's like, uh, I'm no expert. I'm pretty sure Colin Farrell is way younger than Ethan Hawke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another thing I don't like about uh, the, the remake is uh lori at one point says do you really think a guy like you could like marry a woman like me i'm like (laughs) yes you're both incredibly attractive i could see that marriage occurring like why what like is are you trying to colin farrell's no schlub you know like neither is ethan hawk (laughs) yeah are you trying to imply that colin farrell is an unattractive man I'm pretty sure he's been on the top 100 sexiest men alive list multiple times. Yeah, definitely. And I think the other critical mistake that uh, the remake makes is they get rid of Michael Ironside's character, Richter. Yeah, they combine you know? Richter into Laurie, and that's that's a choice. And I think mm-hmm. the film is worse off for it. Yeah, because like. like to me, that doesn't help with the whole the when Paul Verhoeven made Total Recall in 1990. the The idea was every scene you could interpret either way. It's either a memory or mm-hmm. it's actual reality, and the movie will keep you guessing up until the end. And to me, that feels true. Uh, the the a big misstep that the remake does is when uh, Quaid goes to Recall. It's a very short interaction. They're just like, oh, I want a spy fantasy. Okay, here's Mm -hmm. your spy fantasy. Oh, pull it out. You're a spy, blah, blah, blah. And then gunfight action scene. Yeah. The great part about the original is it feels like it's a legit business. Like they're giving them a sales pitch. They're selling them on options. Uh, they're, They're going over like particulars of what he wants in his memory journey. And uh, everything that they mention in that room happens in the the rest of the movie at the end of the by the end of the movie yeah and and that's the great twist of it is was it all imagined or did it actually happen within the confines of the story 
And right. to me, I feel that, and you actually disagree with me on this, the remake set, to me, 100% all occurred. Mm-hmm. That there's not enough attention to detail in that that you could read every scene as both ways that the original does so well. Um, I I am distinctly confused by the uh, you're in a dream scene where his friend comes because it just takes so long and yeah. They're just like, what? That's not concise and it's a weird standoff situation. And like, uh, it's not nearly as good as the the comparable scene in the original. Yeah, I think I think in the remake they wanted to kind of reinforce, like, hey, you're you know, you're casting this dream with people you know, and like that's why your wife is like crazy, and you know, here's your friend from work and where yeah, in the other one it's where in the original it's like here's this you know psychologist that you've never met before but he was in the first ad you see for recall he is the guy that founded it okay i, I missed that then. yeah <laughs> that's yeah, a good that's catch the, that's the guy that is the first ad for recall um and but everything that gets mentioned up until he goes into recall and all that happens the other great thing about it is while it starts on Earth and then goes to Mars, the, the reason that works is because he's never been to Mars before by his own admission. There's at least, mm-hmm. if you want to believe it is all uh, a dream, then anything, all this makes sense. Everything always makes sense because it's a dream. doesn't matter. He's never been there and he's never seen anything like this. Uh, the, the mention of alien ruins happens at a press conference earlier on. Uh, there There's rebels, but like, it's... Ah, it's just so good. And the the mm-hmm. remake, the biggest misstep, well, one of its big, it's just another misstep, not biggest, <laughs> is setting it all on Earth with this weird, everyone either lives in the UK or in Australia. That's it. The rest of the world is uninhabitable because of chemical warfare? Yeah, it's the no zone. Yeah, definitely getting off planet, going to Mars you know like sets it up as like it's a more like dreamlike fantasy state than like the the outback of australia or whatever you know it's like that well i think the the issue that i have is he lives in the colony which is australia in the remake and commutes mm-hmm. every day to the the the, the federation of britain and yeah. he works there. And so him going there is not like this, oh, look how fantastical this is. It's like, this This is what I see every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just work at this factory. There's also weird themes of like classism that uh, occur in the beginning part of the film. Like, obviously, the poor working people all live in the colony and the rich upper crust all live in the, the, the Federation. Just ignores that and abandons it, really. Yeah. Uh, something to note is in my rewatch of the remake halfway through, I forgot I was watching it cause I had paused it and I was browsing the internet for a while. And then I realized, <laughs> Oh shit, I was watching a movie. That's right. And went yeah. back to it and I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. The remake also just drags. Um, I, we shared an onion article between us where <laughs> just the title is, Oh shit, there's 50 minutes mo- left in this movie. 
I remember I literally, pausing at one point, like, holy shit, there's 50 minutes left in this film. Yeah, I I genuinely paused it to get up to eat with 50 minutes left, and I'm just like, oh, god damn it. Whereas I had the, I had not only didn't have that experience with the original, but had the opposite of like, holy shit, there's only 40 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. I thought there was like over an hour. And it's just the pacing is so much better. It's not like it's got just such a quick pace in the original that while while fast keeps the story going, but allows moments to breathe every now and again. But from beat to beat, the the action and the the plot is moving. Whereas yeah. there's so much navel gazing and just bad, horrible A B camera work dialogue in the in the remake and that's a thing mm-hmm. that i might have been more susceptible to because for some reason i felt the need to rewatch underworld and its sequels <laughs> and lynn weissman he shoots terrible dialogue yeah. it will always be like this someone will be talking but you'll be looking at the person they're talking at and it'll cut quickly back and forth so that you like it is the cuts are so fast. It's almost as bad as the third taken film with Brian jumping over the fence. <laughs> yeah. Too many cuts needs a more laid back editor. Yeah. And these movies are only about five minutes apart in total runtime. And I wish, I wish I had a better grasp on like what makes a film drag or move so I could better articulate it. But yeah, the original just moves at such a better clip. Well, I and mean, I don't know. Yeah. If Mars is part of that or yeah, the shitty editing and dialogue. Then there's other weird out. decisions that they make in the, the remake. Like they post effects, uh, a whole bunch of lens flares everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't see. Um, huge in 2012 i assume sure but that's it was all done in post you can tell and it's added yeah. and like, i was thinking like i was watching it when i was actually engaged in it in the beginning like oh are they doing this is this going to be like a subtle nod <laughs> that um you know this isn't what it seems and whenever we see these kind of lens flares or like the the film like you know coming in that's what it's a memory a false memory no right <laughs> Yeah. We, um, um, so, sorry, you, I'm going to talk about the ending, but did you have anything you wanted to talk about before that? Just, I don't like the remake. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a really bad uh, continuity error that occurs where he gives a one-liner that's like, say hello to my ex, to my wife, when he's about to kill a guy, and he hasn't yeah. killed his ex-wife yet. Yeah. Like, the only plausible assumption I could come up with is that she he thinks that she died in all the explosions, but comes back. The one-liners in the remake are also just terrible, especially when you're going up against, you know, 1990 original Total Recall with like, you know, consider that a divorce, see you at the party, Richter, like. Get you ass the boss. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um. So the ending, I, I guess, mistakenly thought in the original, it was more ambiguous than it was because I don't think it's particularly like ambiguous that like, you know, he discovers all the things he sees in his dream or sorry, he sees all the things he requested for his dream, like alien artifacts, blue sky on Mars, like, you know, 
demure sure. brunette that you know they he but, sees sculpted in front of him. But that woman was already present in his dream. So yeah, that's you know. kind of like you know they say in like dreams, like you kind of fill it in with like people you've seen but don't remember. Maybe what, yeah, I haven't heard that. Nineteen ninety. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. So, but like when when that woman is on the screen in Recall, which again I, I totally agree with you, so much better as a business rather than some like half CD mystical alley like like thing. massage parlor thing. Yeah. Um. You know when that woman is up on the screen, they're already sculpting it to look like her because I think this the explanation is like they're kind of pulling memories out of uh quaid's head to kind of put back in so that it blends or whatever sure. but who knows doesn't that so, then enforce that he was actually on mars at certain times could be i See, don't know but i think i think it's, like it, to me i think there's go ahead the the great thing about it though is you can watch the original either way and you can have this discussion where mm-hmm. both both of you points are 100% valid. I don't yeah. feel that's the same in the remake, which I think is the point you were going to make. Yeah, because in the remake at the end they flash back, he pulls the, you know, the the gauze away from his arm where the tattoo was or what marking uh whatever durability that thing has, you know, pulls it away, it's gone. They f- they literally show a clip of that thing being implanted. They're like, "Remember this?" dumbass you know and then like flashback and it's like this is a hundred percent a dream and you know it's kind of this um shutter island of like hey he's happier continuing to live on in his dream i i disagree and i think most of the internet actually disagrees with you uh most people go with no it all happened um and you have two points and I no, I'm I'm serious. Look up like ending of Total Recall remake. What does it mean? Most people are will say, yeah, it was all real. All right, I'm not going to do it live. That's too long an article. I'm not I'm not against being disagreed with on the internet. You know, I will intentionally disagree with the internet on some things. Like I just I don't think they get it all right. It, but having watched the movie multiple times as opposed to your once. Even when I was in the theaters, I didn't catch that. The only thing I remember is that they flash back to it, I guess. But the movie's so long, I just want it to be over anyway, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, there is definitely a a point to like, you know, not caring about the remakes ending. Um, yeah, in in my view, it was it was less, much less ambiguous and invites less discussion than the original. So, yeah, I think that I think they dropped the ball there. Um, one of the things I did really like about the remake is like lens flares aside. I think it looks really good. Um, I think, yeah, I do agree. It has a very, it has a vision for a future cyberpunk world and that's cool. Mm-hmm. It was really well realized from the set design and the art direction and all that. I, I think I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning though, is why wasn't this just its own film then? Yeah. Aside you from know? like one shot with John Cho horrendously underutilized poor roldy um yeah it's like why have recall in there at all especially if, like if you're not going to go to mars then why you know bother yeah if you're not going to go to mars if you're not going to take advantage of you know 
ridiculous and like over-the-top visuals aside from a really weird misogynistic throwback to the 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 three-breasted chick Mm -hmm. which i remember reading an article about that how the original actress was like felt pressured and uncomfortable doing it and it wasn't pleasant and really regretted doing it yeah um i should also mention that we watched the um director's cut basically of both films in order i felt to give it its you know best competition um but some shots like the three-breasted hooker in the remake are added in this like um in this extended cut and also theatrical okay there is it's a longer it's a longer version i, be- of I believe scene. you are right yes the scene yeah. is longer but also the remake went for a pg-13 rating as opposed to the r the hard r of the original yeah I, that's another misstep with a lot of these remakes is they want to make a more mass marketable appeal or even you know mm-hmm. sequels like uh that was the thing that really hurt uh, one of the things that really hurt uh the pre- the predator is they went for a PG-13 or no. Didn't they, I can't remember. Whatever. The Predator sequels all <laughs> suck. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I'm reading here in the uh, extended cut, um, they, I guess, added or tried to clarify some of the thing around the like bandage and the recall tattoo. So it may not the way I'm reading it sounds like that flashback and stuff wasn't there in the theatrical version, but yeah, they may have I gone I, back I to... I didn't remember that when you brought it up. Yeah. So who knows? It's, I mean, I, I really went in trying to have an open mind and like, you know, Hey, I'm open to having my original impression of this movie changed. Like we can make, a good action film in the, you know, in the two thousands, but it's just not this one. And like, furthermore, this was kind of bland in a way where I get why people who like review movies for a living would get tired of the same formulaic action stuff. It's like, you kind of know what the beats are. And like the more movies I watch for this podcast, the more I'm just like, show me something new, show me something art house, you know, show me something like, (laughs) just off the wall bonkers. And I think the original touches more of that than the remake does. There's, there's a fun that the original is having that the remake is not. The remake takes itself far too seriously. And the original is having a laugh. It's like this, Mm -hmm. this level of violence is ridiculous. Like, look (laughs) at how ridiculous this, this is. Come on. Yeah. And I like the like wacky practical effects. Like we talked about rubber faces and stuff like in Dick Tracy, but like when he pulls that tracker out of his nose, it's like, that is probably the best of the fake Arnold faces in this movie is the one with the nose, the, the, the tracker (laughs) out of the nose. Weirdly the worst is, and for some reason they used it is the one where he, the getting through the airport security, that head thing. Right, where he re- takes impressive? off the woman's face onto it, like, yeah. I have to imagine that, like, there's something with the mechanism that opens the woman's face, if that's not CGI, that, like, would have interfered with a real head or something. Who knows? Uh, special shout-out to that awesome X-ray hallway. 
Yeah, those those effects still look really good. <laughs> yeah, they. I I think that's probably one of those things that they probably spent an inordained amount of time getting right. <laughs> Because the fact yeah. that it syncs up with like his gait and all that, and like when he walks out, you know, his, the positioning is all right. Mm-hmm. And then jumping yeah. through the jumping through it because he's got a gun when he's going through the X-ray. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, in the interview, I uh, watched to hear uh, Ticketin's name pronounced. <laughs> um, Arnold was talking about. Um, they shot it all basically in Mexico City because it was much cheaper. But he's like, hey, even so, you know, we still ended up spending like 45, 50 million on this film. And I think a lot of that shows in the, in the visual effects. Yeah, I mean, the visual effects for being 30 years old are still enjoyable. Now, there's some green screen compositing work that mm-hmm. is a little rougher. But you know what? It's a movie from 30 years ago. And the fact that it's having fun while doing it all and telling a, a, an engaging story with like amusing characters. I, I don't care. The, yeah. the, on the technical level, the, the remake has a lot more consistency with its visuals, but it's so mm-hmm. bland and sanitized that I don't care. Yeah. I think also speaking to like the fun of the original, like Arnold Schwarzenegger's just like natural charisma also just carries this movie immensely yeah come on don't bullshit me he's a fun guy to watch on screen yeah whereas colin farrell i think it has found his stride finally as in these weird in the art house films yeah in bruges of course you know in bruges seven psychopaths <laughs> apparently killing of a sacred deer and the lobster are really good with him and him yeah so yeah i i I think we're kind of at a consensus here that like the original is just more fun and a better movie. (laughs) Um, And it also makes me want to like maybe screen these movies a little bit beforehand because, you know, I really I really had high hopes for the the remake that it just did not live up to. (laughs) It's uh, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good. Don't watch it. Do not. It's. There's one interesting action sequence with uh, magnetic cars on an elevated freeway, but that's mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. even that's boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do have one more thing before we, we get out of here. Um, a thought I had while watching the remake was like, you know how like when they go to recall and uh-huh. um, like... They're like, oh, you want a spy fantasy? Like, and they just have the fucking spy syringe right there in the fridge, like ready to go. I thought it would have been a really hilarious joke if like that's the only thing they had and they just try (laughs) to push everyone into it. See, to me, (laughs) another thing that comes off as is uh, Merrick played by uh, William Lee, who is Takeshi Kovach in Ultra Carbon, which is a much better cyberpunk show. Go watch that. Um, (laughs) It felt like he was a plant to get Quaid to go to recall. Yeah. Yeah. It it really did feel like that. And I also thought it would have been an interesting direction to take this film. If like, if, um, Cohagen was using recall to like subtly alter people's memory to gain more support for him taking over the colony. Like I thought American in charge of the Federation of Britain. (laughs) 
Like that would have, that would have been, I think a fun idea to like, I want to do something new, but still in the total recall universe. Like it doesn't work if we're not replacing people's memories. Let's, but it's not the movie they made and they made a bad one. They made a bad movie and they should feel bad. (laughs) So I think that'll, that'll do it for us. Unless you got anything else to, uh, to add. Don't watch the remake. <laughs> so for the Match Cup podcast, oh wait, what's the order of this outro? Hit us up, matchcutpod at gmail.com, Twitter at matchcut. Um, we'll be back at the uh, end of this month, last Friday, with our uh, our regularly scheduled episode, which will be uh, Never Ending Story versus Excalibur. So I'm excited for some David Bowie personally. Wait, David Bowie. He's in that, right? No. My, my, oh, I'm thinking of Labyrinth. Never mind. I'm still excited for David Bowie. Just He's not going to be in either excited. of these movies. <laughs> be excited for young Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in catching up on the childhood movies I never watched as a child. So come back for that. Uh, until then, I've been Aaron. And I have been rematted. <laughs> And we will uh, catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. What's the point of the drones? <laughs> What's the point of the drone army? why like why fake so many news stories if you don't have the news under your thumb like don't let them announce your giant droid army invasion before you do it are the Just colony show up. and the federation of britain separate countries or the same conglomerate country <sighs> why do they say the fall takes 17 minutes when all the clocks on the wall show seven why is the fall the only way to move across the, the world? That seems far less efficient than just a plane through the stratosphere. Oh my god. Did they that makes me think that originally it was supposed to be an orbital elevator, and then some some executive was like, nah, I don't know what that is. Make it a thing <laughs> through the Earth's core. Yeah. Uh it's safe to say we're separated. Oh my god. Why is it called the fall when technically half of it is ascending? <laughs> it's the fall. It's half a fall. Also, that's not how gravity works. There's no zero G in that it would would occur in that situation. Uh, also, the fucking Douglas Quaid's secret method for disabling the robot police force is taking the rivets out, like. Shut up. Also, to me, the his hand wound is a hundred percent proof positive that he was actually a like a double life. It's real the whole time because they never. If they had just shown like a lot of other guys had the same wound on their hand, mm. then I could have believed that stupid cover story he gives to Keshi Kovach. <laughs>